Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. What if meditations and affirmations and soul coaching could break you free of your limiting beliefs? Today on episode 39 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Michelle Ogston. Michelle walks in when traditional therapy doesn't quite meet the need because she goes to the next level of emotional depth to help her clients thrive. Let's discover together how personal power and personal leadership development go hand in hand. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. Not to be a downer, but in 2006, I went through my darkest year. It was the closest I ever came to experiencing depression. Didn't want to put the lights on. Almost zero motivation to do anything. Feeling beat up and discarded. After experiencing the emotion, filling up a journal, running up my phone bill, dumping on friends before those unlimited minutes, getting a therapist, and shifting my attention to helping my kids through their tough year too, I had a choice to make. Stay down and mope or reinvent myself start over now with a more authentic version of myself. I did 11 actions to get healthy from developing new hobbies to researching this new situation I was in. And I slowly reemerged from the shadow of discouragement. I couldn't have recovered without friends and people helpers who surrounded me with love. And if I would have known about our guest today back then, she probably would have been one of my first calls. My guest today is Michelle Ogston. Here's a little bit about Michelle. She's a certified intuitive relationship coach and spiritual mentor. She likes to say she works with people from the inside out. Her passion is to help people learn to make a deep connection within so they can harness their personal power and step out of fear and live in flow. Her work includes mediumship, mentorship, energy work, coaching, and a vast array of intuitive practices she's been cultivating over the last 30 years. She holds certifications in intuitive life coaching, mediation and mindfulness teacher, EFT, TFT practitioner, soul flow embodiment facilitator, and she truly believes you're one decision from changing your whole life. Michelle's a new friend that I met at the Rising Tide Connection in San Diego. Welcome, Michelle. That was quite an intro. And now I'm like listening to your story and I'm like, ooh, I want like my coach hat immediately (laughs) went on. And I was like, ooh, Paul, like there's some real cool things about you that I want to know because (laughs) it's so interesting. I feel like when you talk to people and you really get to know people, we share a lot of the same stories. So it's it's interesting to just kind of hear that as you were talking. I was like, wow, you went through a lot. You went through a lot. Wanted yes. to honor you in that. Just and came that. through. <laughs> you did. And Overcoming. Here, right. And here you are helping people and you're featuring people on your podcast. I mean, you you know, it's like when you were in that darkest day, I don't know that you probably would have even thought this moment would have been here, right? But now right. you're here. I can identify with that, like those dark moments. And then now you're here. And it's like, wow, like, don't you wish you could have like gone in the future and been like, God, if I could have just seen that. That would have helped me so oh, yeah. much. But no, oh, yeah. you had to go through all of it. You had oh, to go yeah. through all of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and the people that had gone through it, I had gone through, was like, oh, you will get through this. And I'm like, no, you, no, I won't. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're in it, you're like, no, no, there's there's no way I could come to the other side of this. And they're like, no, you will. You will. And so you're right. You, you can't see the future and uh, how you can actually use it for good, right? You can turn around and because you went through that, you can now help other people through that. And uh, what a delight uh, to take something yucky and turn it into something good. Well, your website says you're a certified intuitive relationship and soul coach. So go deeper, pun intended, on what that means and what kinds of experiences were involved in your certification. Okay. Yes. So I do consider myself like a soul coach because I work from the inside out. And what I found similar to your story is that in my darkest days, when I was really you know, sitting there thinking, you know, could I go on? 
I did do traditional therapy and I credit therapy for a lot of my work. I also know that like going much deeper and really being connected to myself allowed me to stop attaching like on the outside. So like instead of like attaching to a job or attaching to a relationship, it allowed me to make a connection within. And so then I was able to connect to people and it was a completely different energetic change because instead of like attaching out of like scarcity and lack, like, Oh, I need this to give myself fulfillment or to have a title so that I'm cool. It was more like I'm connected to these people or these situations because of what they're adding to my life and what I'm adding to their life. And there's this synergy and there's this flow to it. And that was out of like values and just a beautiful energetic shift from like scarcity and lack to like flow and meaningfulness and love. That's way higher vibration. Yeah. <laughs> now all your, before we lose all your listeners, because I just said vibration, stay with us, you guys. I swear <laughs> we're going somewhere with this. <laughs> No, I mean, I love that concept of uh, stop attaching to anything. So one of the things uh, during that dark year that I did, I was going on a hike and uh, it just seemed like um, every hike I went on, I went on at least one a month, I like to a really beautiful place here in Washington state. And when I went on the hike, I looked for something in nature that actually I could bring back with me of what I was learning, like what I was working through. And mm -hmm. I picked up a piece of uh, stripped away tree bark, right? It had fallen off of a tree. And I'm like, you know, God, what is this? You know, what does is, what is this symbolize to me? And the lesson I got from the stripped away tree bark was stripping away that attachment to, mm -hmm. and I had three things that I was attaching to at that time and realized I'm going to bring this back and it's, it's right here behind me. You know, I still have that piece of of tree bark uh, to remind me that I don't need to attach. So go a little bit deeper on that uh, attachment. Are you finding that like 99% of people that you work with have some type of attachment? Uh, honestly, yes. I mean, and I think in society and in culture, like Western culture today, we are led to believe like attachment is sexy. Attachment is cool. Like I'm your ride or die. Like Hollywood really, you know, glorifies this, this idea and this image of human beings attaching to each other instead of like really connecting on a deep level. I mean, that's not as glamorous. Maybe I think it's glamorous because I've been through it, but, <laughs> uh, and because I coach on it, but I, I think like in society, we don't always see that part. And what I have found is that, you know, most, I don't consider myself like a trauma informed coach because I'm not certified in that. Mm -hmm. I do deal with a lot of trauma. Um, I have had trauma myself in my life. And so I think for me learning that like when you've had trauma and it's, you feel like something has been taken from you without your, your permission, there is this feeling of like trying to get it back and you're constantly attaching and you're like looking for the thing that's going to solidify you or make you feel whole again. And it is sometimes these rock bottom moments that you realize it's not somebody else. It's me. Like I need to find the value in me. I need to find that worth in me because I've been trying all the other things, whether that's alcohol, drugs, sex, relationships, doesn't matter, right? It could be food, it can be scrolling now, like whatever that is that you use to like fill that void when that like healthy part of the coping, you know, switches over to some sort of like demonstrative addiction. I feel like that's when you really realize like, oh my goodness, like this isn't working. Like it's just not working. And at some point we have to stop and be like, it's not working. And this is what I found. I really found that like, we're not really stuck. We're just applying the same set of behaviors of what we know. And then we get the same outcome. So when we learn to switch up our patterns, we get different results. And that's what I'm doing basically in a nutshell, Paul, that's what I'm doing. Yes. And I, and I have seen that pattern in many people, uh, like you said, of sort of running to fill the void right after the dark time, yeah. instead of working on themselves and realize they're a whole person and they can get more closely to wholeness, but instead they chase another relationship right away. Or like you said, they go to an addiction or they, 
they just go crazy with exercise or uh, all those things that you mentioned. And it doesn't help you in your healing process, does it? It really doesn't. I don't know about you or any listener who might be listening right now, but I know when I was in my dark period, I did all the things that I thought, like I worked out and I read books and, you know, I tried to eat clean and like, I did all the things, right. Yep. I checked the boxes and it still wasn't working. And I was like, okay, this isn't working. I've got to switch up the formula. Like something's not working. And that's when I started therapy was when I was like, okay, clearly I can't do this on my own. Uh -huh. And thank God for that. Because, you know, I think still in this day, especially for men, it, there's a stigma around getting help or mental health. And I have lost somebody to suicide. And so I'm very passionate mm. about mental health and awareness around mental health because there should be no stigma. Like there, it's just silly that there even is a stigma. It's like, can we just erase that please? Because so many, we lose so many people just to the fact of like, I don't want to be perceived as weak, as a failure, as I don't have my, you know what together, instead of just being like, yeah, I'm in a moment of like, I need some help, please. And then we move on. Like, look at you and I, we're sitting here talking today and we're having a very intellectual conversation and you know, we're good. I still have coaches. I still have a therapist. Yep. Thank God. I wish we could all have a therapist. <laughs> I agree. I, sometimes I'm at a seminar and I'll say, look at the person next to you and say, you need counseling. And then they do. And then they just bust out laughing, right? It's like, oh, yes, I know. But I just don't have time. <laughs> you know, and there's this nervous laughter in the room and it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's very true. So, yeah. Well, your Facebook says that empaths are one of your favorite clients to work with. What is an empath and why do you enjoy working with them? Oh, I love this question so much. So thank you for asking. Um, so an empath, a scientific term for an empath is somebody who is born with what are called hypersensitive mirror neurons. And um, these are your compassion neurons. So if you picture like little blades of grass standing up, they just stand up all the time and they they're very susceptible to the environment. They, you know, they get stomped on, they get rained on, they're excited very easily. And so you have these neurons that are just, they're very susceptible to your environment. You can pick up on energy very, very quickly. Um, you are naturally intuitive and you tend to draw in certain people. So you tend to draw in narcissists or people mm. with addictions. Um, really only 2% of the population is a narcissist or I'm sorry, an empath. So you would have to actually like do a brain scan to see if you were an empath. Yeah. I don't make anybody do this to work with me. I've never <laughs> even had a brain scan done. Um, <laughs> but it's when you, it's not really just about being empathetic. And I think that's the biggest difference is it's not just about being empathetic. It's really being able to be in a room and pick up on the energy and the feelings of everybody. And so you're susceptible to a lot of different environmental and emotional changes in a quick succession. And so oftentimes people just feel like very overwhelmed or drained. And so I love working with them to really help empower them and use their gift for greater good. Um, I am an empath. So I always say, I never ask you to do anything I haven't done. So I really am very much a mentor when I work with people of just like walking the walk with you instead of just like talking the talk. <laughs> yeah, what's one thing you coach them on? Um, so being one yourself, right? Maybe something yeah. that you've had to work on for many, many years. And then, so I bet you we all, well, we all, it's 2%. That's that's pretty small, but yeah. there's there's a possibility there is one in our lives. So if, you, if we were giving our best friends some advice, what would you say? I would say the best thing like that would really is an energetic game changer. And this doesn't just apply for empaths. This actually applies for everybody. But mm -hmm. for empaths specifically, it's such a um, almost like a necessity is that you build boundaries not off of what you're trying to protect. So oftentimes in a coaching culture, we're taught to like build boundaries off of like, I'm, I'm trying to protect this, like don't cross this line. This is my boundary. Don't cross this. But if you build your boundaries based off of what you value, what you're doing is you're completely switching the energy and you're drawing that energy towards you. So instead of constantly focusing on like, oh gosh, don't, don't do this, don't, don't cross that line, 
what ends up happening is you're actually drawing that energy to, like towards mm. you because you're concentrating on it all the time because you're like, oh, oh, no, don't. No, 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 no. You're constantly telling people to back up. But if you're like, no, I'm. this is my value. This is my worth. And then it's very easy. Like, oh, I don't need to even entertain anything else because I don't value that. I don't value that. That's such a game changer. And then you become an energetic match for just who you're drawing in that has the same energy as you. So if your energy is all about what you value instead of what you're scared of, you draw in different people. It is a complete game changer for everybody, but especially for empaths who tend to draw in narcissists. <laughs> I don't want to bat narcissists <laughs> too much. You know, they also, they are born with hypersensitive. We're born, born with hypersensitive mirror neurons and narcissists are born with hypo mirror sensitive um, oh. mirror neurons. So they don't <laughs> feel as much. And so they have to create these, these grandioso scenarios to feel something. And that's why like, there's always something happening. There's always some drama, like, because that's how they feel. And empaths were so reactive that they feel the most through us. And that is the natural attraction to empaths and narcissists. Wow, that is so interesting. And you know how some people say, like, my picker is broken. Uh, you know, when they're in relationships, they say, or you know, people that are on their fourth or fifth, you know, marriage, and they just said, my picker is broken. Does that relate to what you're talking about here? Yes, a thousand percent. In fact, <laughs> when I was in therapy, I told my therapist, I said, I think my barometer for choosing men is broken. And she completely <laughs> laughed at me. I was like, terrified to go back out on the dating scene. I had been married for 20. I was in a relationship for 20 years, married for 10, dated for 10. And when that ended, I was like, I mean, oh my gosh. And that was not, obviously that was not the first broken relationship I had had. It was just this feeling of complete like doubt in myself and my ability to really connect with the right type of people. And what I realized was that it wasn't so much that I was, like drawn to certain people, it was that I allowed other people to light my fire instead of myself. Mm. And so I was drawn to that energy. I was drawn to that excitement. It, instead of like filling it myself and being like, this is my fire and I'm amazing. I, I could really see the good in people and just be so lit up by them. And that became more intoxicating than myself. And I had it completely switched. That and lack of boundaries. I really didn't have a lot of great boundaries. And I'm such a, I'm a recovering codependent. I'm such a people pleaser. So, I mean, you, that's a really big soup I just made right there, Paul. I mean, that's like a <laughs> recipe for like all the wrong things, which I did have. And that's not to say that my exes aren't amazing people. They're amazing in their own right. It's just, we were not really an energetic match, but I just couldn't see past that. I had such, I had such doubt and everything. We could go, this could be like a whole therapy session right now. <laughs> yes. Well, you know. I'm, I'm hoping it's helpful to the listeners because uh, a lot of us struggle with this as well. The whole people pleasing thing, the codependent thing. Actually, let me just jump to that codependent. So that's one of the topics you do help your clients wrestle with and defeat. So talk a bit about what codependency is and how detrimental it could be if not addressed. Ooh, this is a really great topic. Codependency, um, really understanding codependency actually changed my whole life. I did not know that I was a codependent until I was in therapy. And in my mind, for so many years, I thought codependency really had to do with drug addiction. I did not equate it to just normal life. I thought that it really had to do with drug addiction or alcohol abuse, and that there was one person enabling another person. And when I learned not only for myself, but when I actually started studying codependency, what I found was that it's a few things. One is it's a lack of a feeling of that we are in control. And so we're constantly wanting to control the outcomes. Like if you ever find yourself saying like, well, I don't know if I should say that because I think they're going to feel this way, or I'm going to do this, but I think the outcome is going to be this. So I'm going to try to do it differently because I don't want that outcome. That's codependency, where we try to maneuver in relationships by predicting the future of somebody else's actions. And then mm. we try to make our action tailored to what we think it's going to be. That blew my mind because I was like, oh, my God, that's me. 
And I never thought of it as control because control has such a negative connotation. I was like, I'm not controlling. I don't feel controlling. But what I found was that when I was with people who definitely were the dominant person and had a lot of their own wounds, right, their own addictions, I was definitely the person who was like, oh, no, we don't want to upset them. So let's do this over here instead. And I don't want to make them upset. Like I would avoid having conversations because I was like, I don't want to be in a fight. I don't want to argue. I hated conflict. Like, oh, I mean, I I say I'm in recovery, right? Because I still don't like conflict. Right. I still have to work on like I'm remarried now. I have to really work with my husband to be like, okay, so I'm going to tell you something I'm struggling with this right now. And luckily we're both codependent. So like, we'll do something especially with our kids and we'll be like you're being super co right now do you know that like you're being really codependent because you know especially with your kids you can get very codependent or your mom that's another big one so yes i mean when you don't address codependency you end up still drawing people in that you you take care of that you tend to be more of the leader in the relationship um it makes you feel good to be like the person in the relationship that has it all together and i can do this and that person is a little bit like i don't know what's going on it makes you feel a little bit better and then you're really not fulfilled in your relationship is you end up sacrificing your own needs your own values your own wants because you're codependent on the other person to fulfill you instead of you fulfilling yourself Oh, that is so good. So good. Okay. So you got to give us one tip on this one too, just like you did for the uh, uh, helping empaths. You got to help people with uh, codependency because there's a ton of us that have at least a slice of that, if not all in. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody just right now is like, oh gosh, codependency. <laughs> um, so one trick for codependency is learning to detach with love. This is actually based off of a book from a Melody Beattie. It's called Codependency No More. If anybody is resonating with what I'm saying right now, I highly recommend reading this book or listening to the audiobook. This one book changed, like I said, changed my life. It really helped me see codependency in a different way. And so what Melody talks about really is learning to detach with love. And for people who don't like conflict, for like for me, that was a game changer to learn that I'm not, I'm not just abandoning you. I'm detaching with love. Like I love you and I'm holding space for you to do your own work and for you to learn how to be in a different capacity. But I have to detach with love from you for me right now. This takes practice, but I would say start small. Don't start with the big person in your life. Start with like the PTA group. Okay. Like start with something that's not too, uh, you're not so emotionally invested in. Because the big person is always the most challenging because we, I mean, we love, we, I mean, love is natural. We love at different capacities and greater depths. And so when you feel like you're leaving somebody, especially if you have any PTSD around abandonment, this can be very triggering for you. And so learning how to be like, this is done in love, not in malice, like this is done with love, uh, that just learning that really helps just saying like, I am detaching with love, not malice. I'm detaching with love and sending you off with love because you, you are. You actually say that out loud to the person or is that the self-talk that you are, you know, working through in your head? Honestly, a little of both. I think the first is the talk in your head because mm-hmm. you know, that can be very loud. Right. And your ego is like shaming yeah. you, you know, how dare you, your ego's bashing you. Right. Um, and learning to like quiet that voice and just be like, no, I'm not doing this in malice. I'm doing this with love. And I have said it out loud before. Like, I'm not leaving you because I don't love you. I'm leaving you because I do love you. It's time to step away. And that's, I think that's really challenging, especially if you are in a relationship and you have kids and, you know, you have a longevity history together. That can be really challenging. I do not think that anybody really wants to get divorced. I think that we end up in divorce after lots of trying. Most people do. I mean, yes, there are some who don't, but really most people that I talk to and work with, that's, that's the outcome you did not want. You did not get the outcome you wanted. You wanted to be married and have this family. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to break up your family. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants Mm -mm. that. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so good. Well, let's take a break. 
You okay. are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on Facebook at Growing Forward Services and my guest, Michelle Ogston, on her Facebook at Michelle, that is with one L, at O-G-S-T-O-N-C-L-C. We're going to be coming back after the break. We're going to talk a little bit more what personal power is. And Michelle has a special soul philosophy that she would also like to share with you. So stick around after the break. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye. Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I'm with Michelle Ogston, who's already been giving us tons of good stuff on really taking care of your soul. And we've talked about empaths. We've talked about being codependent and some ways to combat that, even though we're all in recovery, no matter what uh, uh, situation we are in. And another thing that Michelle specializes in is finding your personal power. So Michelle, what is personal power and what are examples of people effectively stepping into their personal power? That's a really good question. So my definition of personal power is very simple, which is the magic of you. Like Mm. you, Paul, are amazing. That is your personal power. Like you leading a podcast, you working with people at the capacity that you do, that is your personal power. My personal power happens to be, you know, I mean, we all have lots of personal powers, but the fact that I've been doing mediumship work for over 30 years is definitely one of my personal powers. The essence of who I am, that is my personal power. And I think personal power is very related to a word that sometimes drives me crazy, which is purpose. I think that we use this word as like, somehow you are not doing the good thing or the right thing if you haven't found your purpose in life. I That drives me crazy. Um, and we could do a whole podcast on that. It totally drives me crazy because my personal belief is that what if your purpose was right here, right now? Like that's the purpose is being here with me right here, doing this podcast and for your listeners to be here right here with us right now. What if that was purpose instead of making this thing outside of ourselves? Like what if it's doing the work right here, right now, whatever I'm in, whether it's the dark moment, like you were, that was the purpose. There there was a purpose to that. Yes. Right. So it's like, what if purpose is just right here, right now, that is personal power of like recognizing like this sucks, this sucks, but I'm going to be okay because I know that I am created in the essence of good. We're all created in the essence of good, no matter what you believe, whatever source, God, Buddha, whatever you believe, we're all created in the essence of love and from source. We are of source. So even those moments, right, where we're not like in it, we are using our personal power. And I bet you, you can probably think of some right now that 
you were using your personal power to pick up the phone and start therapy. I was using my personal power. Your listeners right now are tuning in in their personal power and being, how can I magnify this? How can I make this more? Like a lot of the times we say more, please, more, please in my industry. (laughs) And so it's like, how do you amplify your personal power and like the essence of you? We don't need seven more of me. We don't need seven more of you. We need everybody to be standing in their personal power and being like, this is the magic of me. This is what I am so amazing. Like I am amazing in this. And I think you were at the Rising Tides when I led the meditation on today is a good day. And it's really about that. It's like learning to be in the energy of you and that that you right here, right now, and everybody who's listening right here, right now, you are enough right here, right now. Like that, that it's so simple. We overcomplicate it. The mind is so messy. The soul is very <laughs> simple. Soul is so simple. You know, so is it possible to be right here, right now in body, but not in spirit? Like, can you bail out of right here, right now? Totally. Don't we all do that sometimes? I mean, yeah. let's be very real like that. Like if I would have shown, I'm going to be honest with all your listeners. The first time I ever did therapy, I used to show up high. And I would like come to therapy and I'd have smoked a joint in the parking lot and I would like go into therapy. I'm like, oh, I wonder why therapy's not working. I was like 22 dealing with dad issues. Uh And I mean, that's bailing out. Like that's completely bailing out on my body. And I think, you know, some of the stuff I work with and do is embodiment practice of like your body knows before your mind does. And so, yeah, we bail out all the time. I mean, I think it's interesting that you even use that. Like, can you bail out? Yeah. I mean, I think we have probably, and your listeners too, have probably been in rooms with people that you're like, I know that they're really here. Like they're kind of here, but I'm not sure. And whether we take ourselves out with a substance or we take ourselves out with just not really fully showing up. And I think as leaders, this is something we do. Like how many times have you signed up for a group but then you don't say anything like you stay in the back. And for mm. all my introverts out there, yes. somebody else I work with, I'm an introvert too. Um, I'm actually an ambivert, which is like yep. an extroverted with the right yep. people. Right. So, you know, you, you sign up for groups, but then you don't say anything and you don't raise your hand or you don't volunteer. We deny ourselves. We are not, we're scared to be seen. And so that is another way of checking out of saying, well, I'm doing the work. Like I know a lot of people who go to therapy and they're like, yeah, I go to therapy, but I don't really do the work. And you're like, I was saying about me, I'm, I was using myself as the example. It's like, well, yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot out of that. So I, I do think you can fully be in a moment and completely not be here. I think most people do that. That's a, that's a really, yeah, that's a really good point for introverts. And uh, I don't know how, what percentage of the population are introverts, but there's a lot and I coach a lot of them and they can make super duper leaders because I'm a leadership coach and they can make super leaders. But you're right. The tendency is to immediately pull back, just sort of get a read on the room and a whole meeting could go by and they don't say a word at all. So their greatness is not coming out on the table. Their wisdom is not blessing anybody else in the room because they're worried about what other people are going to think of them or they're overthinking stuff. So I love how you said that, like, don't be scared to be seen. Like we need you. Yeah. You don't, I mean, if you even think about it, like, um, if you think about body posture, like we tend to shrink ourselves and when yep. you shrink, you go inward, right? You, your arms fold in your shoulders kind of like fold forward. And when you're constricted like that, nothing like really can flow through you. But when you stand up and you're like being visible and seen, which can be very scary. I had to work with speaker coaches. I mean, I had to do a lot of work, to even be able to do a podcast. So to stand and be like, I'm going to be seen at this level. Ooh, that can be really scary, but there's a lot of work to do around that. Cause like you were saying, like, we need you, we need you. We need you. We need the magic of you. And maybe like you and I, Paul, we could probably say the exact same thing, but how I'm going to deliver it might be very different than how you're going to deliver it. And your people need to hear you. And my people need to hear me and every listener that's listening right now. Like if we all said the same thing, we're all going to deliver it in the essence and the magic of like our individuality. And how beautiful is that? Like if we can really cultivate that personal power, then you are reaching more people and you're changing not only just like one or two lives, but you're changing communities. You're changing globally. Like it becomes this bigger picture 
where it's not even about you anymore. It's like of you. Like it becomes an of you situation. That's personal power. Yes. Well, you have a framework, Michelle, called the soul philosophy. If you'd be so kind, would you tell us what each letter stands for and then a brief descriptor of each? Okay. So the soul philosophy is, um, I'm just going to say it all together and then I'll kind of like break it down. So surrendering to your why and showing up completely so you can have oneness with yourself and wealth, you'll begin to cultivate a deep understanding of who you are and lean into any resistance showing up in your life so that you can open yourself up to all the gifts the universe has in store for you. Mm, So beautiful. Thank you. So beautiful. So yes. So S is really about surrendering. It's um, a very vulnerable, vulnerable position to be in. If anybody who's ever been in a surrender and we go through many surrenders in our life, I was just in one a few months ago. Um, It's a very vulnerable position to be in um, when you surrender to what's happening. And I think for leaders specifically, knowing your why is the foundation for your whole business. Because being an entrepreneur, we aren't guaranteed anything. You know, you get up every day and you're like, this is my job is the work that I'm doing right here and right now. You aren't going to have a paycheck every day at the end of two weeks, right? Like it's not a guaranteed thing. And so learning to be in this, this why and that rhythm of it helps you have an anchor so that like when it's not going the way you're like, well, I didn't predict that to go that way. You don't tend to lose yourself or give up. I think that I was reading the other day that um, I wish I could tell you guys who this was from, but um, like something after the first two years, entrepreneurs, it's like, what was it? It was like over half. It was like 50 something percent don't actually keep going. And after five years, 87% of coaches aren't coaching anymore. Wow. Because it's, I mean, that's a really big number, 87. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a large amount. Because it is, it's, I mean, if anybody who's listening, if you're an entrepreneur on any level, you know, this, like, it's not cut and dry. There's no roadmap. You're doing, you're figuring it out, you know, and you're hopefully hiring people that are helping you along the way and learning to navigate, but I mean, it can be really challenging. So not only that for entrepreneurs, but just for people in general, like knowing, like, why am I here? What am I doing? Like, sometimes you know, I don't like to use the word purpose. So I don't use that word. It's more like really showing up completely in in that magic of you so that you get to have this, which is the, oh, this oneness with yourself. And this is where you cultivate more wealth. And I love working with the energy of money. Um, Money is like such a fascinating topic to me because I think in today's society, we would rather talk about sex than money. Like, if you asked me about sex, we probably would talk about it. But if you asked me what my bank account balance was, I'd be like, oh, Paul, I don't know. I'm not sure I can tell you that. You know, like, <laughs> we are so much more open to talk about sex, which used to be very taboo, than we are to talk about money. And I think that does such, like, all of us a great disservice because, I mean, wealth is different than being rich or, like, being okay. True. Like, what is okay? Yeah. So it's, a, it's, that is one of my big things of working with people is like knowing your value, knowing your worth, because then you become this energetic match for currency, like exchanging currency, because currency is just an energetic, it's a tangible energetic field. Another thing we could do a whole podcast on. <laughs> currency. <laughs> and yes. Right? <laughs> understanding who you are is very simple because, you know, when you have this deep understanding of who you are, then you tend not to be rattled by what anybody else thinks. You know, like I think you were saying that earlier about introverts mm-hmm. is like, well, what are they thinking? You know, and especially if you're on social media, if anybody here is on social media, I mean, we're all worried about that. We think about, ooh, do, does that picture look good? What's going to happen if I show up like that? Or, you know, I only got seven likes today and this one got 5,000. You know, like we overanalyze this perfect culture thing. So when you understand like who you really are, it doesn't really matter. And I had a TikTok the other day that got like 12 likes. And then like two weeks ago, I had one that had like 10,000. You sometimes you're just like, you know, but like, because I'm very in touch with who I am, it doesn't really rattle me. It doesn't really bother me. And I think that's that synergy of flow. So yeah, that's good. The, the not the not being rattled. I mean, that's one of my life goals is to not be phased or rattled, shaken, whatever the word you want to use, but to be at such peace 
that I'm able to respond um, from a really good place, but not yeah. to just be yanked around by life and be reactive. Um, it's not one of the seven habits of highly effective people for one, <laughs> but also it just doesn't give you peace of mind if you're always getting yanked around and rattled by things. So I love, I use that term. Okay. Yeah. You is understanding. Yeah. Very simple. I mean, like this was saying, it's just really more about like understanding who you are on a deeper level. Okay. And then L is about leaning into any resistance. What, you know, what you resist, you'll persist. Who said that? See, I don't know who said that. So if anybody yeah. knows right here, please <laughs> tell Paul. But somebody really great. That's not my line. Um, you know, what you resist persists. And it's very true. I mean, anytime I'm sure all of us can think of a time when like you have denied something like, you know, I'm not codependent. I'm not codependent. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, all right, I am. Right. And so it helps you like when you can lean into that resistance. I always say that I like to be triggered at this point because, or I call it activated because triggers are torches. It, they shine light on what you still need to work on, what still comes up for you. Oh, this is another area. And what I have found is like each time you go through something and let's say you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm doing great now. And now you're, I think of levels as like not up and down, but more like um, a perpendicular, like, or a, um, a horizontal line. We're like, okay, I'm at another level now. And all the other little triggers still come with you. And when you're at a new level, you see them in a different light. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh God, I thought I worked through that one. Darn it. It's bad. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. So like learning to do that and like really leaning into that, you understand that like part of being activated is being human. And this is shadow work, by the way, of like bringing everybody to the table. I think of it as like this big night's table, right? Like this big, long night's table. And you have all the parts of your personality that you love, right? Like the person who's kind and generous and loving, but we often deny ourselves the parts of ourselves we're not really fond of. Like maybe you're greedy sometimes, or maybe you do scroll too much, or maybe you drink too much, or maybe you were really mean to some homeless person, right? And you shame yourself for that. We don't tend to bring these parts of our personalities to the table. But when you invite everybody to the table, and I think of it like this, like I'm like, all right, you knucklehead. And I give them like a little nuggie. I'm like, oh, get over here. You can sit at the table. <laughs> you end like you end up embracing yourself on such a deep, profound level that what ends up happening, and we're bringing this full circle right now, is that you end up accepting yourself for all of who you are. And what we tend to do as humans is we look for somebody else to validate that. So we end up looking to someone else to be like, look at this was my naughty thing. Like, oh my God, I didn't give the, the homeless person some money. Do you still like me? And then if they don't, we're like, oh, it validates the shame. We're like, oh my God, they didn't think that was cool either. Now what? Oh my God. Now we're in a rabbit hole, right? But when we learn to accept those parts of ourselves, there's nothing that you can say to me that's going to shame me really as much as I would probably shame myself for it. So we learn how to be in more of that tangible flow of like, okay, what is my gift? Because we're not focusing on all the shame stuff. We're like, we're, we're just inviting all that stuff to the table. Oh man, I picture this cartoon. You, you need a graphic designer here, Michelle. And you got okay. the King Arthur table and you've got the, the dark night of selfishness and the dark night of pride. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ego. you got the, the bright, the bright night of love and kindness. <laughs> and then these really torches. Good. <laughs> you know, are burning because torches are triggers, you know, and they're they're lighting <laughs> the face mask of oh yeah, I'm I'm with you on this. We need to develop this. <laughs> Somebody's gonna call me. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I need to get artist <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so good. Well, and in in line with that, you you posted in your social media, the wound is the place that lets the light in. The wound is the place that lets the light in. What does that mean? That's from Rumi. Um, I can't take credit for that either. That's from <laughs> Rumi. So anybody who knows Rumi, that's from Rumi, the wind that lets the um, light in. And, you know, it'd be interesting even to hear your take on this too, which is, you know, when you think of those wounds or the dark places that you were in, it really does, you know, you're in this moment, right? Where you're in despair or grief or loneliness or sadness. And sometimes in that it like you open, you know, where like 
maybe you wouldn't have been cracked open before. It's I almost think of like um like a glow stick. That's what I think of. Like you like break oh, yeah, the glow yeah. stick and it like starts to light up, right? And sometimes we go through these these things, right? And we are cracked open. And in that, something really beautiful comes from it, some sort of light within us. And I think to me, like, how beautiful is that? And for anybody who's listening right now, who's identifying with Paul or I or have been in a dark place, I'm a Me Too survivor. I, um, you know, I have PTSD. I have been through lots of trauma. Um, that for me, like when I think about those moments, because sometimes people will say to me, oh my gosh, you've been through so much. Like, how do you still stay so positive? And it's not like, I I don't wish that those things happened to me, but I can definitely say that having those moments where I feel like I was cracked open, allowed some really beautiful light to come through. And like, for me, because I identify as an empath, like it's very empathetic. I really, I have such a big heart for people who have gone through things. Um, I think that it does. It, there's a certain light about me because I have been through things and I can say me too. And I survived. I'm okay. You can too. And I think that's why the saying your vibe is your tribe. Your tribe is your vibe is so important because when we don't feel it, and you mentioned this when we first started, this was in your opening bio of like relying on your friends and family, right? Like you weren't feeling it. You do. You want, then when you're not feeling it, you turn to the people around you. And if your tribe isn't like, I've got you, let's go. We're going to do this. And they're more like, no, let's just smoke a joint. You're cool. Um, You got to really think about that. Like, what is your tribe telling you when you're at your lowest? Because you will see that. Also, what's your tribe telling you when you're highest? Sometimes you'll see that too. That's a big, that was a big one for me of like learning who was there when I was at my highest. Because some people like you when you're lower, makes them feel better. Oh, that so, is yeah. really interesting. <laughs> that is really interesting what you just Isn't said it? there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's really true. Just to back up what you said is in that dark moment, I was most vulnerable. And because of that, I went to the deepest level spiritually than I ever have in my life. I mean, if I, I can go back to those journals in my closet right over here and it's guttural, you know, my, what I was writing in those journals was at a level that I've been, uh, I won't call myself superficial, but you know, I was just sort of like, Hey, life's good. Uh, hunky dory. D -d 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 -d. And then there was this like, like sort of like the market crash, you know, kind of a, <laughs> a, a diagram of that. And when you go down deep in there, it's like, Oh, I, I don't know if I like myself and Oh, but there's some cool stuff here. And uh, I'm mining for some gold down here. And then you then you launch out of it like a check mark. You know, you if if you do it well, you launch out of it like a check mark and you are so much more of an authentic person and you can you're more relatable because now it's like, oh, I can totally relate to all of these thousands and thousands of people that have gone through what I have gone through. And it, it's just yeah, it's a gift looking at it as a gift. It really is. And I think, you know, it's really business 101, which is, you know, the no like and trust factor. And when you can cultivate that like authenticity, people relate to other people who feel like they get them. And so I think, I mean, this is again, my personal like opinion, and this is actually what I work with leaders on is like cultivating your own magic because it's going to be different than mine. And we've talked about this, it's going to be different than yours, but when you can be that person of like showing the light of like, and you don't have to have a me too story, you can have a completely different story and still be like, this is who I am, whatever that is. And I'm here for you at this capacity. People love that. We all think about it. We all like the authentic person. We, already, yep. we always know when someone's being fake, we're like, mm, mm hmm. That's why there's a stigma around used car salesmen, right? Poor used car salesmen. Poor them. There's some... There's some used car salesman out there that's super authentic right now listening and we value you. But <laughs> that's why there became a statement, right? Because it was like this inauthentic thing. And I know when I first started, like making sales was like a huge thing for me. And I had to like change the whole energy around it because I was like, I'm not selling. I am making offers. These are authentic offers. And just yeah. like that sleight of hand, like little trick for me, changed how I showed up in a container to like, make an offer to somebody and be like, I know the value of my work and what I'm doing. And I hope that you value yourself enough right now to like 
lean into this and it, whatever that is for anybody. I think it's so huge. I Indeed. love working with other people. Indeed. Yeah. It is yeah. a joy. Well, last couple of questions for you, Michelle. Okay. What do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development? You may want to uh, give a little plug for your affirmations and meditations. And then how okay. can our listeners best contact you if they wanted to follow up? Okay. So I would say for anybody who's listening right now is um, reach out for the lead from your soul program. This is a three-month mastermind for leaders, healers, coaches, entrepreneurs, anybody that you're really in your own business. But I'll be honest with you, there are, I always have like two or three people who are not in business that join this mastermind and it's life-changing. Because everything we talked about today is what we work on in this leadership program. So what I say in this program is that we blow shit up. So what we're going to do is we're going to like take all your traditional business coaching and we're going to kind of tweak it a little bit and find out what really is your gift, your magic and work with that in a completely different capacity than you probably ever have dealt with. So lead from the soul definitely okay. I think would be so perfect for your listeners. Um and they can find me really at um, my website, which is cloud nine, the number nine. So cloud nine lifecoaching.com. And all the magic is right there. You can get hold of me. You can say, I want more, please, more, please. We can work one on one or you can join a program. That's how you find me. Oh, so good. Michelle, thank you for the value that you added today. You're a delight to interview. And uh, I look forward to developing a friendship with you. Yes, thank you. Me too. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. Thank you, everybody, for being here. So I have some takeaways today from Michelle. Miles, I looked through all of my notes. What do I pick today? There's so many. Um, don't focus on the boundary. We, we talk a lot about boundaries, but if you focus too much on it, it actually draws more of what you don't want to yourself. So note that. Uh, also, don't count on others to light your fire. You've got what it takes to light your passion yourself. Detach with love. If you've got any codependent tendencies, it's the best way to do it. It starts in your head. And then sometimes you might even have to say it out loud to that person. And then we need you, uh, we need you to live your authentic best, your essence, your personal power. Don't bail out. Don't be scared to be seen. We need that right here, right now self of yours all lit up. The GFT podcast is all about putting practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. I want to thank you for listening to episode 39. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. And check out my first book that I wrote, The Static Cling Principle. It's a quick read about what to attach to your life because it's going to alter your future. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 